Hello, welcome back to Get Some Perspective. I am Javen Long. This is my podcast. And as always, I appreciate you listening. This time around, we sit down with my new friend, Joey Duffy. He's the host of the Sound of Tulsa podcast, also found here on SoundCloud. Um, he's also the front man for the new local band, Cliff Diver. You can find them on Facebook as well. C-L-I-F-F-D-I-V-E-R, Cliff Diver. All right? So they're pretty good from what I understand. I haven't caught them yet, but guess what? You can catch them. I'm going to catch them this Friday at the Vanguard in Tulsa. Friday, August 31st, the Vanguard in Tulsa. So check that out on Facebook for more details. Um, also, if you miss them there, don't worry. You can catch them again October 6th. I'm pretty sure it's their CD release show uh, for an EP called Small Hours. That is October 6th at the Vanguard. There's a Facebook event. Make sure you go to both the Facebook events for, um, for those shows and uh, RSVP. It helps everybody out a lot. Um, so check those out. And uh, to be honest with you guys, I didn't know what to expect uh, going into this podcast because it was one of the first ones I've done where I didn't already know the person. Um, I, I mean, I'd seen him around uh, uh, a couple of shows here and there. And um, I'm guilty of this too. I, I feel like a lot of people put on a personality when they're out um, at the shows and in the scene or at the bar or whatever. Um, and so Joey's a very loud, eccentric, uh, outspoken, fun, high energy guy. And um, I kind of thought maybe he was putting on airs for that. Um, but he's not. I mean, he's a very genuine guy. He's very um, smart. You know, he's another guy, just like Justin Cockrell from earlier episodes, who's been all the way there, come all the way back, and is just very zen about the whole thing. And this was a very special pod for me because I feel like he and I have shared a lot of experience um, as far as our adventures in, in mental health. And uh, I learned a lot from listening to him, and I'm endlessly grateful. Um, he brought so much perspective to my life that I'm going to be able to apply every day and uh joey if you end up listening to your pod i really appreciate that man so um moving on with that sentiment let's dive right in and get some perspective so there's why did you say there's two so you were one other person i'll have to admit that um i've only listened to one of them i went all the way back to number one (laughs) I don't know how many, if any, you've listened to of mine, but... I've listened to two of them. Two? Okay. All right. So you're not that far ahead of me. (laughs) Right around the same. I'm I'm really... I'm in fantasy football right now, and the league I'm in was actually, like, a considerable buy-in this time. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to, like, listen to fantasy podcasts and stuff. Yeah, just get it where you want it, man. Whatever's comfortable. Yeah. Um, Or if you like holding it, you can hold it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wish we had uh, videos going right now, too. We could have caught you trying to fit the mic in your mouth just now. And it's been several during our podcast that they've caught pictures of me trying to deep throw <laughs> the mic. It's my style. So yeah, I've been listening to a ton of uh, fantasy football podcasts right now, trying to stay updated and everything. Right. I want to, because it's actually like a $700 pot this year. So Thank I'm like, you. I need to pay attention gotta <laughs> and this, try to right. do yeah. as well as I can. The last few times, it's only been like, I don't know, not even close to that, dude. Like 150 bucks or whatever. Bucks, that's 
That's a big deal, man. That would be a huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Come December, that'd be a perfect time for the holiday money there yeah, and everything. Just be set. Yeah, that'd be great. I would man. like that as well. It's <laughs> a cool mic. Or a uh, mouse, mouse. I mean. Yeah. Um. My brother-in-law built this setup for me. Uh. Well, the computer down there, and then I bought everything else. Uh. But. I was already like 650 bucks in, and I was like, fuck, I don't have a mouse or a keyboard. So you're a master race gamer? A what? A master race? That's what they call PC gamers. Oh, no, no, I don't game. Okay. No, I just had him build me this because I was using a shitty laptop, and I lost like three podcasts. Oh, I got it. And you. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this. Build me something that can handle what I'm doing. For sure. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, man. And uh, just slowly, we just bought this house like two months ago. Two, three months May. ago? In May. End of May. So I've just been trying to get everything set up as we go here. But it works out. I've recorded drums in here a couple of times. Dope. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a studio set up at your house? No? I was at my buddy's house, which is oh, okay. why we haven't done him for a couple months. He's a wedding photographer. Ah. And so the summer is really and I've been busy with the band, so Right, right. It's kinda like we'll probably pick it back up or else. We won't. Or we might not. Well, so we already won our award. <laughs> yeah, good, I was going to say, yeah. you already got your trophy, dude. Why, you, We're good. you don't need to continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that, and now other people can have one. Yeah, well, perfect. So. <laughs> oh, so now that you're out of the way, yeah, other right. people can win, huh? Yeah, you were the big competition? That's the way I see it. That's <laughs> the way I see it. We uh, did get three times more vote than any other podcast, so. Uh, dude, hell yeah. <sighs> oh, flex it. Get it out, man. So how do you start this thing? Um, It's already been rolling. I oh. just generally like to... Get it going, and then I just pick a natural point to oh, start like it. Okay. Typically, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. I kind of I'm going for like a eavesdropping on someone's coffee shop conversation. Yeah, casual conversations. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, but you know, I do break <clears throat> the wall here and there. Right. <laughs> we were always too high during our podcast. Typically, that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, this time around, I, I mean, you and I don't like super know each other very well. So I wanted to make sure that I, uh, it's not like that I'm nervous to, to be high around people I don't know or anything. Oh, for sure. Just I, I really wanted to be able to stay on track. <laughs> so with your podcast, do you guys like prepare and outline and stuff before you go on or is it pretty winged? <clears throat> we have like a, a, a layout. So it's okay. like introduce the band. Uh-huh. Play a song. Band talks about their history, how they came together. Play another song. Random questions, random questions. Where can we find your social media? Then cool. Play another song. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's formatted. Yeah, for sure. Right Format, on. but no, no planning. Yeah, for yeah. For the most part. Right on, right on. It's just like, hey, we're just going to see where this takes us. Hey, I like that, man. Yeah, I feel like that makes for the best content. It makes it more I mean, authentic. Always, there's a little bit of edit magic here and there for sometimes. Sure. Oh, for sure. But, I mean, you just can't get that raw stuff when everybody's sitting up straight like, okay, let's move on to 1A. Yeah, here. no, no. <laughs> it's, it, it's not enjoyable to listen to unless it's like a like a 10-minute podcast where it's like, here's yeah. this, here's this, here's this, here's this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word for that. Like formulaic, mm-hmm. sort of like you know, um, Aaron Mankey, the stuff that he does, oh, like right, yeah, War yeah. and Cabinet of Curiosities. For you kind of sure. want that to have its same thing every single time. Good, but that's what brings it the um, people like about it, dude. I, I, what are some podcasts that you like to listen to? I don't you really. Not much of a podcaster, <laughs> which, <laughs> as far as which is ironic. <laughs> uh, no, I like to listen to. Um, 
every once in a while I'll check out the porch talk one with Chris and Laura about local music. I haven't heard about it. They see how other people do my idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you got to scope everything. I like out. uh yeah, every once in a while I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm a, I'm a very big fan of his. <clears throat> I'll listen to The Jungle with uh oh what's his name? Um Jim Rome sports hmm. podcast. Okay. See, he always you keeps like, it interesting. Are you a sports fan? Oh yeah. Okay, good. What's your favorite sport? Probably the Thunder. Okay. Probably so basketball, basketball to watch. I mean, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, but that's always really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a diehard Packers fan, so I'm right there with you. I mean, Des caught it, so go. <laughs> hey, fuck you know yourself. what? I actually agree with you. That was some bullshit. I was watching it with one of my best friends, who's a Cowboys fan, and, uh-huh. and he was like, "I don't know what to tell you." And I was like, "He caught it. That's what you tell <laughs> me that's right now." <laughs> he did, man. He did. And I spend my seasons just like, "What game is Aaron Rodgers going to get hurt in?" Because he's our only good player. Yeah, ours is like, ah, is what are we going to be? Seven and eight, seven and nine, or eight and eight? Let's yeah. see this season. <laughs> it's all such a. I guess you're a big Daredevil fan. Uh, yeah, you're noticing my things around here. Uh-huh. There will be more eventually, but yeah, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. So you were a big fan of the Ben Affleck adaptation. For As sure. a child, yes, I was a huge fan of it. I watched it many times, and then I revisited it <clears> as a 21 year old. And I hate it. I will so tell you much. this: the one thing that it has redeeming about itself is that soundtrack is baller. Yeah, and the soundtrack was awesome. It, it was, was like the emo sound- kids like soundtrack. It really was. I mean, I think it gave us Evanescence for the first time. I, and- I, if I remember correctly, the opening credits were with Evanescence, mm-hmm. weren't they? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was like a little featurette where it was like a music video with and, them. And my favorite song on that album was by a band called Revis, I think. It was Caught in the Rain. Mm. And I was caught in the rain. <laughs> I, I still listen to that song. It's pretty dope. <laughs> that movie was t- just terrible. Though. Full disclosure, I do own it. I just, yeah, that's you know, fine. I, <laughs> Luckily, Netflix decided to do them justice. They really did, man. And I'm so stoked for the new one coming out. That fight scene, still in the first season, the, the hallway fight scene is the greatest. Yeah, where he's one of the greatest things the I've ever boy. seen. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they did a really good, the number two for me is the one where he's got the chain and the gun mm-hmm. duct taped to his hands and he's got to get all the way through that building. That was pretty gangster. Uh, my second favorite fight scene was the Punisher when he broke out of jail in the second season of Daredevil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During that jailbreak cut was dope, man. Dude, yeah. And the Punisher is the other one. They did a really good job, but the rest of them on Netflix are kind of like... I actually haven't finished Punisher yet, but I agree with you. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, just kind of like... First meh. season, Jessica Jones, pretty good. Second season, meh. Same even, thing with Luke Cage. I didn't even start it, man. I didn't start either one of them. Uh, Jessica Jones, first season's worth watching. Uh, no, I did. I, I'm, I'm talking about Jessica Jones season two. Oh, yeah, yeah. I no, did no, no. watch season one. I liked uh, Kilgrave. Tenet's the best. David Tennant, yeah, man. That man. guy, he can act the fuck out of anything you put him in. He's my, he's my favorite. Well, he's my second favorite person because Matt Smith was a better Doctor Who, but mm. it's just my opinion. I've actually never seen a single episode of Doctor Who. Oh, that's great. I... Is it on any of our streaming platforms? Have you ever run across do you have, it? Uh, we have Netflix have, and Hulu. It's on Amazon. Yeah, it's on Prime. It has all of them. Uh, included with the Prime? Man, for yeah. the sake of for the sake of understanding references, I feel like I might already. It's definitely definitely it. worth it's one of it, it has some of the highest moments in television. Like the, really? some of the best moments I've ever seen. Okay. It's fantastic and others that are I keep seeing campy. a I keep seeing a gif on Tumblr. Of when I guess they meet Vincent Van Gogh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's and a crazy episode. You've I, seen that one? I okay. cried. I've seen a few episodes of Doctor Who. You'll weep if you watch that episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just, okay. 
right. <clears throat> I'm pretty empathic when it comes to movies. Oh, for and sure. TV, so. I'm definitely a, a open crier. Yeah. I mean, I still can't watch. Um, what is it? Love Actually, all the way through without crying. I've never seen it. You ever seen Love Actually? No, it's no, like no. One of the best Christmas movies ever. <laughs> right up there with Die Hard. Yeah, Die Hard's is that the best. part of the debate. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I agree. And even though it wasn't necessarily about Christmas, it's about what the public turns it into, man. And We've it takes spoken. place at Christmas. It does if take place at Christmas. There are other Christmas movies that only just happen to take place at Christmas, no more, no less than Die Hard does, yeah. and they are considered Christmas movies. I feel like you're passionate about this. Have you defended it before? I just am always passionate about all my answers. Okay. Whether I fully believe in them or not. <laughs> it makes life more interesting. It really does. If you commit hard, as long as you are willing to admit that you're wrong and change your opinion, if you commit hard, oh, yeah. it makes for a great life. I, I, I appreciate being wrong because <laughs> it means I can, I'm, I'm learning something. Yeah. No, I'm right there with I you. I mean, man. I will defend my cause to the death until I am proven wrong. And then I'm like... Shit. All right. Well played, man. You were right. <laughs> What's your uh, obscenity policy? Uh, you can say whatever the fucking hell you want. Cool, cool. cool. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, dude. I, I make sure to put the little explicit thing on every link that I post. Just, we we just never, so we never did. And some of ours were like, we had this one conversation until we deleted that episode that was like 20 minutes about anal sex. Mm. And then we... Right on. Because uh, it was one of the ones where we were drinking, not smoking during it. <laughs> oh, no. And Carlton Heston showed up with uh, two two bottles of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. And we chugged. And then I was like, I told them this real long story. It was really inappropriate. Actually, that was good, fella. Never mind. It was really awkward. I, okay, so I'm like lifelong best friends with Mike from Goodfellas. I love Mike. Um, and he He's the one me, who told me to listen to your podcast and your band. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Mike. Hell yeah. yeah, man. He's out there. He's out there evangelizing for <laughs> you. And super normal. Yeah, man. Or spurn uh, Spurnimal? Spurnimal. That's, that's one that we get a lot. Sperm whale. Sperm whale? Yeah. Well, Just you know, change whatever. the name to sperm whale. That is an it's interesting idea. I'll send it in the group text and I'll, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Good, good. We'll see. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So speaking of bands, um, I've never heard Cliff Diver. I haven't been around for any of the shows. Um, what are you what doing are you Friday? Guys, are you guys playing Friday? Yep, Vanguard. Where? At Vanguard? For Modern Myth. Okay. We're opening up their show. But if you can't come to that one, that's fine. The big one I'm is... I'm planning on the big one in October. October 6th, yes. October 6th, yes. where? At the Vanguard. Okay. Good. That lineup is crazy. It's got like Lilac Kings and Bing, Bing Quanjaneros and the Odyssey, which is like these 18, 19-year-old kids that are much better musicians than I'll ever be already. Isn't that It's like incredible? super frustrating. I, but you're like, seeing that a lot these days. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of really young bands that are just... Incredible. Oh, and Noise Estates also playing. So it's going to be a really fun show. The uh, only band I've, he I've heard of that you just listed off was Lilac Kings. And those dudes, Jesus Christ, they murder every time I've seen them. Yeah. Dylan has such a high voice. It's it's really frustrating and as well. He's like our own little uh, local Anthony Green. Yeah. it's He might be able to sing higher than Anthony Green. I can't tell. Well, it's maybe close. now for sure. Anthony's <laughs> getting up there. Yeah, he is. Uh, now, Cliff Divers has been a, a ton of fun. You know, I was in bands in high school and the beginning of college, and then I just quit playing music. I sang karaoke to fill the void for years. <laughs> <coughs> and then a couple of friends of mine were looking for a vocalist, and I was like, okay. you know what? I've been singing a lot of karaoke lately. 
I was all state choir, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just see what happens. And oh, I yeah. went and tried out for them. They were like, "We'll see." And then, <laughs> <laughs> they gave it to me. And uh, they 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 recently have admitted the only reason originally that I was given the tryout was because of my podcast and local clout. Oh, that, really? That I knew all the bands. And that I knew, uh, you know, I was like kind of a an influencer in the music scene, and so you're a, you're a made guy. Exactly, they wanted you. Yeah, I was made. a made man, yeah. and so <laughs> and they just kind of told me that the other day, and I was like, I knew it. Don't think I didn't know it. Like, of course. But it's yeah, it's been wonderful. It's like really brought new life back to me. You Good. know that feeling when you're not performing, oh, not doing worst. music. It's just kind of like. And I'd always wanted to be the front man of a band. And so now. Really? Oh, yeah, man. That, that was always my goal from when I was like eight. So now that I'm doing it, I'm 31, but I'm ready for it now. And like it's taught me how to sing like myself and not just mimic other people, which yeah. I've done my whole life. And right. It's been, it's been fucking awesome. There's something to be said about um, revisiting music and being active in it as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really. I feel you there, dude. It's 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 nice to come back whenever you're an established person already, and then you can have your music as an accessory to your mm-hmm. life rather than, you know, this incredible pressure you put on yourself to make it whenever you're, you know, pre twenty, where you're like, sure. I'm gonna be a famous musician. You know, it's gonna happen. Uh, and I, I, just being able to come back to it as as something to do as an outlet is it's incredible to me. Oh yeah, and this is the first time like I've felt comfortable with like writing lyrics and and they haven't just been shit like they were when i was like 16 you know <laughs> yeah and they were you know you got I, some real experience exactly you know i i would write these songs and tell like nine girls in my high school that they were about them and you know <laughs> and be like oh yeah i wrote you this song and then one time um they were talking about it in the library like a group of girls after a talent show and as I was walking by, and they were like, hey, come here for a second. And I was like, no. Oh, no. 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 Bye. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> but I, to be fair, I was a huge tool. Uh, huge tool. Yeah. I used to sit outside the dining hall in college playing uh, Crash Into Me by Dave Matthews oh. over and over and over, and starting again when a prettier girl would walk by. My goodness, man. Yeah, I was that guy. Musical theater major. <laughs> Super cool. Super cool. I can just, like, I, I feel the vibe of meeting you back then, sitting here now. I was uh, like 115 pounds, always wore blazers everywhere. That was just my thing. Oh, Had the satchel bag. Man, you're just creating a full-on Zach Galifianakis but skinny image for me right now. I couldn't grow a beard either. You couldn't? No, no beards back then. And how old were you? Uh, I, I don't think I could grow my beard until I was... Probably 26, 27. Really? And it only got this full probably within the last year. So like in my 30s was the first, like, because I'm 31, just That's 31. wild, man. And now all of a sudden my beard like filled in and it's... Okay. Yeah, never right. never was able to. That's nuts, dude. I always had the, uh, the chin beard. Right. And it never quite connected to a mustache until I was like, ah, fuck, I don't know, like 20, maybe 21. I was a late facial connected. hair bloomer. Now, do the men in your family have beards? Um, my brother, my younger brother, has always been able to grow a killer beard. Okay. Like, even from the time he was, like, 17. People said he looked like Jesus because he had long hair and, like, this real <laughs> full beard. And uh, he would come visit me in college, and people would ask where he went to school and if he was my older brother, and it used to piss me off so bad. <laughs> but I'm taller than him, so he can suck it. <laughs> 
a luxury I've never known. It's it's uh, I I love being I'm exactly six foot tall. Okay. And so girls are like how tall are you? And I'm like six foot, and they're like good. <laughs> and they're like five two, and you know seven thousand pounds with these really strict physical qualifications right, for their yeah, men. Yeah. And you're like hmm. <laughs> hmm. That's the position the position they're in, man. Just like it or not, they get to be pickier than we do. It's true. That's it's just true. part of it. If I'm like, here are my standards, ladies, this is and they're gonna like, no. No, you're Fuck your standards. You're bro. weird looking. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. You got me. <laughs> well thought out, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I think so. Uh so what's the uh what's this if I you know, I hate this question, but I'm gonna ask it to you anyway. Yeah. What do you guys sound like? Two thousand seven. Yeah. <laughs> 2007 was a broad year for me. You're gonna have That's to. That's what delve. we sound like. We uh, it's like <laughs> it's like kind of post pop punk with a little bit okay. of ska. Leanings I was about to say. And, I feel like in pictures I've seen a horn or two. Yeah, we have one. We have a saxophone player. We might add some more horns. I want to. I want us to be like ten people. Where do you find these motherfuckers? I've never at, been able to find a keyboard player or a horn player to save my life around bro, here. I know. Right now, off the top of my head, probably 15 horn players in Tulsa who are all pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And I know. They all want that paper, though. That's true. And they deserve it. Don't get me wrong. That's a discipline right there. I would like that paper as well. But (laughs) until that happens, I'm fine with just being able to sing about depression. Right. And all that kind of stuff. It helps, man. For sure. Put it on paper. For sure. We're, we're We're doing this arc throughout our music where, like, our first album's about finding a relationship the EP we're recording right now okay. with uh, CJ Cochran, who's uh, in Outline and Color, and he does a lot of producing. He produced When the Clock Strikes last album. I was, okay, I was, which I was, is I was thinking I'd seen him. His flawless. name somewhere before. So, uh, yeah, this one's all about like finding this relationship, and then the next album's going to be all about uh, losing it and then um, drinking because you don't know how to cope. Are we going EP full length EP? I don't. I think it's gonna be EP, LP mm-hmm. full length. Okay. As far as I know, I don't know. I don't get to make any of the decisions. It's like <laughs> uh, our two guitar players kind of run a um, um, their own shop, and we well, are just kind of here. You find a hierarchy within any band. I mean, there's gonna be two or th- you know, depending on the size of the band, there's gonna be two to three people that kind of in the ruling p- class run the whole thing. While the others contribute. I keep trying to force my way into that ruling class, but uh, <clears throat> we'll see. Uh, no, but it's been great because um, most of the, the four songs we're recording, for the most part, had already been written and all the lyrics were already there. And I just kind of filled in when they didn't have the singer. But this new stuff we're working on is all like original stuff for me. So I'm writing all the lyrics, all the vocal patterns. And it's been super incredible because um, I'm a very vulnerable person when mm. it comes to my um, <clears throat> everything I guess really I'm just an open book and I, I like to talk about my depression and uh, I have you know I'm manic depressant kind of bipolar um, for sure and so now that I'm writing music I it's 
an opportunity to kind of talk about these things because mm. a lot of people don't talk about it except just like, man, I'm real depressed. But not like, what's that <laughs> look like? Like, what does that translate into? Like, right. this real mental illness, if instead of just like, I'm kind of sad, but like, holy shit, I haven't showered in four days. Right. Like, I've done, I've drank every day for three weeks. You want to paint a picture exactly. of your feeling. And, and eventually it's going to lead to kind of like, hope at the end like that's our whole goal is you know yeah we're gonna have some sad songs about brokenness and about <clears throat> you know dealing with things through different self-medications and 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 poor choices um right and this is all based on very real experience <laughs> uh, kind of like the hunter s thompson way a gonzo songwriting where i go out and really make these bad choices in order right. to write about them yeah yeah but you, did you do that did you live your life with an intention for it all to kind of come to a head at some point and then you were going to document your trials and tribulations? Sure. Or you don't have to lie to me, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> no, I just made really bad choices. And, and now that I'm kind of on the other end of it going, well, I did all this on purpose to teach you all Ooh. how to handle things, yeah. which isn't true. I mean, I, <laughs> I, you know, I was in the army and um, I, I was a little crazy for a while. and uh, But now that I'm on the other starting to be on the other side. Of yeah. It. I can kind of reflect on those choices and be like, okay, you don't have to do these things. And so that's why it's been just great, like writing this kind of music. It's just like, hey man, I get it. Because that's the whole thing is I'm comfortable talking about my stuff, but I have to learn the hard way of becoming comfortable. Right. And it's important for me to be able to reach out to other people who don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. talking about it and be like, yo, I get it. I get it. It sucks, but it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm still in the middle of it. It's not like it goes away one day, but you know what? It's going to be okay. You learn how to tread the water. Y you know, you have to. Yeah. What you else are you going to do? You know, <laughs> it's not like one day it's just going to go away. No. So you got you to learn to deal with it. And, and humor and self-reflection and uh, brutal honesty is the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And the self-reflection the, uh, self point that's been a huge thing for me when dealing with my depression. It's something that I just now, uh, maybe a little over a year ago, started to confront. And um, kind of zooming out whenever you get into your worst points, zooming out and kind of taking everything for what it's worth in, in the grand scheme kind of helps me to calm the fuck down about it all. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> you can get I, lost in your head and it's just, uh, easily. it's hell. Something I say to people whenever... Because um, I'm always very big in, like, if you're having a bad day, talk to me. I put that on all my social media, like, if today sucks, you're not alone. Just reach out to me. We'll talk. And something I say to people whenever I talk to them is, like, you've survived 100% of your bad days. Every single one of them, you've made it through it. Even your worst day you've ever had, guess what? You survived it. So Damn. you have a good chance of surviving this one, too. Right. And so that's kind of like that that zoomed out retrospective of being like yeah this really does suck but you know what that sucked more and i made it through that right. so maybe this isn't that bad while it still sucks yeah yeah could be worse so i you know it's, it could be a lot worse remember that time you know because at one point i had a gun in my mouth and pulled the trigger and it misfired like i've been there it's, damn it sucked right but now whenever i have shitty days i just go at least you don't have a gun in your mouth. At least, you know, it's not like this. At least it's not. Remember that day? Yeah. You never thought you are going to. You literally tried not to make it through that day, but uh -huh. somehow you did. Here you are. So maybe 
the fact that you know this guy in traffic won't use his turn signal, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not, <laughs> I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's some my mom said she she always would say to me growing up, uh, everything's going to be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end, and that's uh. what I say to myself all the time. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I have no way of proving that or knowing that, but. What would you rather believe that everything's doomed and sucks and will always suck, or that everything will be okay one day? Right. I have right. no way of knowing that it will be, but I'd rather believe that. Yeah. Make it to bed, make it to sleep. You get another chance. Exactly. About eight hours. Yeah. Well, for me, it's more like five. I can't. If I don't get eight hours of sleep now, I think it's something like I work like 55 hours a week. Uh huh. And it's like, if I don't get that eight, if I get seven and a half, I feel it. Really? I feel it all day the next day, just like, oh my God. I don't know what it is. Have you ever uh, traveled and played music like in a consistent no, manner? No, not yet. Okay. I, I used to do that. And I think that that's where, I wouldn't quite call it touring. It was like three days a week right. over the weekend, Thursday through Sunday or whatever. Um, and I think that's where I was able to get away from six to eight hours of sleep. I can just, I can hit the pillow for three to five and I can make it through a day. No. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. But like you said, it's <laughs> been worse. Never be used to it. I mean, even when I was in the army and we, I was getting like four hours of sleep a night and we were up at 4.30 every morning. Like I never got used to it. Uh, well, there was a time when like, when my mania was like really high and I would mm -hmm. sleep not at all just stay up all night for no reason yeah yeah just because right. you're like 7 a.m and you're like all right we're staying up let's do it <laughs> and you're like looking back on it i'm like how would you do that uh, well drugs was a big part of it right is there a lot of drugs in the army <laughs> damn <clears throat> i can neither confirm or deny these <laughs> these allegations but at one point i was selling cocaine to strippers okay uh in 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 uh what is it uh uh, uh Supposedly. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. It was That's a lot in Oklahoma, man. Crazy time. Then my son was born, and I tried to get my shit together. Well, good. Yeah, I, I saw a picture of your son on Facebook. Yeah, he's cute as fuck. Um, I was going to say that you will never be able to deny him. Oh, no, he looks just like me. Yeah, man. Yeah, he looks just <laughs> like me. I mean, that's been... Uh, <laughs> the older he gets, it's like these little looks or these little... Uh, manner mannerizations where I'm just like mannerisms and I'm like oh, oh calm down Joey that and really he, is it quit looking at me like that I know that version look. of me oh yeah and he's sassy did you name him is he a junior no he's his he's Dallas okay Dallas okay. Duffy that's a right? hell of a name dude hell yeah he was gonna be Maximus for a while but we Max on. Duffy Dallas Duffy Dallas Max Duffy's Duffy. just like Dallas next, Duffy is just like next up to bat number seven Dallas Duffy. <laughs> Have you ever called any games before? Uh, no, but I've thought about it. You really, you got a good voice for that. I man. mean, I was on the radio for a while. Really? Yeah. Where at? Uh, I was on the edge briefly, and then I was on uh, KXOJ two. I've never heard of that. It's just another Christian station that gave oh, me my okay. start. They're all owned by the same group that owns the Edge. Wow. Yeah, that's how I got into podcast was being a DJ, and then. Uh, <laughs> That sounded like a person. What the hell was that? That was your dog. Yeah. That sounded like a spirit left his body right there. Berkeley, are we going to be able to have a conversation now? I don't know. Was, we're going to be haunted by dogs. But no, that's what got me started in podcasting was I learned um, how to vocalize and how to project and, and control conversations mm -hmm. with the tone of my voice. And it was always like, 
94.5 KXOJ2. Hi, I'm Joey. How are you this evening? Oh. That was my radio voice. I just got chills. Or on man. the edge, you'd be like, what's up? I'm Joey. This is the edge. <laughs> and I was on the edge like real briefly because I kept making comments about the bands that they played. Oh, God. <laughs> and the program director was like, you can't insult the bands that we play on the radio station. Because I said something about, um, oh, what was it? Uh, some shitty metal band, something about Five Finger Death Punch fans dying in a fire, and I guess you can't say that. That's risky for radio, I gotta say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was like, oh, who knew? There were still fans of, oh, and that was something about Gavin Rosdale from Bush. I was like, oh, Bush's new album, I didn't know that they were still together and hadn't killed themselves out of shame. Wow. And you can't say that. No, you can't, Joey. <laughs> you know, you learn, you learn, and... <laughs> Have you always been a, a envelope pushing type? Yeah, yeah. Always been testing your limits, like since you were a kid. Or? Oh yeah, I've uh, my biggest problem is that I've always thought I was really funny, no matter what the situation was. If it called for humor, if it didn't, it didn't matter because I always think I'm really funny, and it's really popular with the girls I've dated. Blind confidence. Yeah, they've they've always really loved how I always think I'm funny. <laughs> No matter what the situation is, it's like really great. You can ask any of them. I'm hinting that you're always sarcastic as well. Yeah, I think I'm really funny. That's the problem. <laughs> Too much Seinfeld as a child, I guess. And uh, um, an example of a time that I thought I was an envelope pushing funny man and wasn't was in basic training. Okay. And uh, they don't take a lot of jokes well there. They don't. They don't. They don't. Um, but one time in particular where I was doing my impersonations of all the drill sergeants after they'd all gone home and they hadn't all gone home and there was like six of them watching me and I was getting like real personal with these impersonations. Okay, so you thought they were all gone but six of them were there? And they were up on a balcony <laughs> and everyone stopped laughing all at once and I look up and they're all they just go, hey, uh, Duffy, can we see you upstairs? And I was like, no, no. No. Let me is grab. Is where I go AWOL? Is this my no. moment? Let me grab uh, a buddy because you're supposed to have battle buddies whenever uh -huh. you're alone with the drill sergeants so that there's no way that they can be accused of misconduct like, right. of any kind. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to grab a battle buddy and I'll be right up there. And they go, no, no, just come up alone. Anybody want to be Duffy's battle buddy? Because whatever happens to him is going to happen to you. And all my friends abandoned me <laughs> all at once. And I did A cartoon like, moment. They all just yeah. disappear out of the room. <laughs> I did like a thousand push-ups that night. Oh my god! And got kicked in the face a couple times while doing push-ups. I mean, I was really personal with these impersonations. They were really on point, though. They were really funny. Why don't you uh, omit names and give me a little example of something you might have said? I was like, "Look, I'm Drill Sergeant Martinez, and I love Drill Sergeant Escobar's penis in my mouth." Oh wow! And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't think that was funny. And I thought it was really funny because they they kind of. Um, acted like that that was something they enjoyed <laughs> with each other. And, um, what year was this? 2010. Uh, well, I feel so, like you, you should have got a pass in 2010. Maybe. It was still, it was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. So, oh, yeah. really? And not in the army. Ah, okay. No. Where if you said that today, they'd still get pissed. Yeah, yeah. They well, they can't, they can't touch you technically no. now, but no. they weren't supposed to touch us then either, but I was hit a couple times. Who are you going to tell? 
I deserved it most of the times. Right, yeah, yeah. Because I just can't help it. I can't, I can't help it. You're a filterless individual. I, I When it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. And yeah. I always, I think that other people are going to see the, the merit and the humor. Um, and they don't always. And they don't. No. No, no, no. It's a real gamble. Yeah, I, I'm making jokes at funerals, stuff like that. You know, never, never. You see, uh, I don't have the same respect for the dead that most people do. And I can kind of feel you. I made jokes at both my grandparents' funerals. And uh, surprisingly enough, both my parents and my family laughed when I made them. So I feel like I got away with that one there. I was meeting uh, a girlfriend's extended family at her grandmother's funeral. You you went to a girlfriend's family's funeral? Yeah. She, hardcore, man. She was like, man, I really need How long need have you guys you. been together? We were broken up at the time. But she, she like calls me crying and like her grandma and her were super close friends and she's like, I need you. And I was like, oh, you know what? Okay. Plus we hadn't had sex yet and I thought that that would be the way, uh, which it was, it was. Um, but this woman was singing. Are you George Costanza? Uh, kind of. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of George, a little bit of Kramer <laughs> and a little bit of Jerry in the negative parts of the uh-huh. This woman was singing though in this funeral, and it was it was terrible. I mean, it was terrible, and I thought like she was she was getting really loud, so I thought it was a good time to whisper this guy next to me. Uh, you know, good thing she's dead or she'd kill herself. And she quit singing, <laughs> like as I'm loudly going, "Good thing she's dead or else she would have sh- killed herself." And like <laughs> everything is quiet, and the whole family literally once again like a movie turns and just looks at me. And I'm just sorry for your loss. So, <laughs> uh, talking about someone else, someone else's funeral. I was qu- quoting a quoting a movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a movie. So for the rest of the time I was there, like they all they all just glared at me. Yeah, I can. Uh, you know, I feel like they're probably justified in their glaring. Yeah, and then I gave their daughter chlamydia. <laughs> I didn't know. You know, it was a different time in my life. <laughs> Fucking turn after turn, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are with Joey Duffy. <laughs> it's always great to be interviewed instead of doing the interviewing because I can just say whatever I want and don't. You know, it's fine. You're not responsible for exactly. any of it. Exactly. <laughs> how many uh, how many interviews do you think you've done uh, in the course of your you know radio to now? Probably around forty to fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, didn't do too many radio uh, interviews on the radio. Mostly I just those. wasn't in it that Man, long. Next up, P.O.D. Right. Right. Basically. <laughs> or any other song from the late 90s you can think of that still plays on the edge. Oh, um, man. There's a lot. It's a long a list. I don't think we have time. We don't. Okay. Yeah. You just have to name like six Alice in Chains songs that are still in rotation, but that's <laughs> here neither here nor there. Rooster! That one mainly. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love interviews. I love... Uh, there's something about storytelling. In mm-hmm. interviews of of diving into the core of issues and and of people and of everything's about the narrative for me, mm. you know, and and that's been one of the biggest things in my own life that's helped me is knowing that I am the only one who can write my own story. I'm the only right. one who gets to control the narrative yeah. if I am conscious of that. 
you know, it doesn't matter what people think of me because I'm the one who gets to determine who I am and how I am perceived sure. by myself. And you can't control what other people think. But no one else gets to write your story unless you let them. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've always loved about interviews is allowing people to tell their stories in ways that are more than just like, so, so what kind of kind of tacos do you like? Even though that's a question we asked a lot on the podcast. <laughs> Are you a Taco Bell person or a street taco person? Are you like chorizo or carnitas? Our question was always, um, if you were a taco, oh. what would your ingredients be and okay. why? I bet you've got some interesting answers on that So one. if you were a taco, what would your ingredients be? Oh, we're be? flipping it on me. Yes, oh, I am. Um, okay. I'd probably have to be um, just beef uh-huh. with, um, of course, cilantro. Onions, tomatoes, the whole pico getup, um, and just like one, <coughs> one thin stripe of really fucking hot salsa right okay. down the middle in a corn tortilla. Dope. I think that's that's for me. That's good. Just basic slate of flavors, a little bit of pop, on a hearty foundation. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Ah, yes. Well done. Fuck yeah. So our next question, though. <laughs> It's been like three months since we've done an interview, so it's when you know this worked out. I was really excited just to be back doing podcasts. I'm glad I, we finally got you. We've been I talking about this for a long time. Oh, yeah, it's man. been a while. Uh, I'm definitely. I'm still learning. It's the first time I've done anything like this, um, but it's been so much fun, dude. Just because I, I I started this mainly because I I feel like I have really interesting friends, right? And I don't get to keep up with them very often. Um, you know, I mean, you said yourself you work 55 hours a week. There's not enough time to hang out with fucking anybody almost. And you really got to go out of your way to make time to like spend with people, you know? And you have to go out of your way just not only to make the time, but to give yourself that kind of energy. Oh, man. Because I mean, like last night I was going to go out to the show and I got all dressed mm-hmm. and I just laid on my couch <laughs> until like 1130. <laughs> I just couldn't find the energy to like actually go yeah no it really does take a lot yeah. especially for uh people who find themselves depressed yeah for sure it, it seems like a simple action to put on pants get off the couch get in your car when see that that's the whole thing that's the thing about depression for people who like really struggle with it is it's the simple things mm-hmm. that you're just not doing the things that you want or need to be doing. You're spending all of your energy inside your head. Yeah, I spend, whenever I'm in like a real dark place, I spend all my energy just like trying to ignore the voice that is sing-songingly telling me to kill myself. Sure. Which, it always like sings this song, like I'll be making a sandwich, I'll be like, I'm making a sandwich, then I'm gonna shoot myself. And it's like, what the fuck, brain? What the fuck? Why would you and sneak it's that like in me there? and it's I've 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 kind of uh, compartmentalized and separated and and given it life where it becomes its own part of me. Mm. And I have these conversations with this other side of me that wants nothing but the easy way and destruction and all this stuff. And I'll just yeah, be like, yeah. "What the fuck you doing, dude? What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't, I don't stop it, stop <laughs> it." And I literally have these conversations with myself. Um, but it's 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 the little things, and so you right. can't. You got to find that energy, and you got to find that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of it, you know. Yeah. I totally feel that. Do do you write in your lowest moments, or do you kind of have to get dug out of the hole? A bit I got to be out of the hole to write about it. So you you write from a uh, retrospective yeah, point, for sure. I mean, there's been some times where I've written during it, but it's all like really dark. 
too dark for cliff divers? And it, too dark for anyone. Mm. Um, yeah, real dark stuff. And so I always tear those up and, and get rid of them because... Really, you don't draw from them? Uh, no, not those. Some, mm. some, like, when I'm in, like, a real... Even then, a lot of times I can't write because I can't do anything besides rewatch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Sure. And, you know, eat... Ice cream. 15 bucks worth of Taco Bueno. Oh, yeah. Which sounds really dope that's, right now. That's a nice right? night, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we were under better circumstances, but, I mean, could be worse. Yeah, no, for sure. No gun sure. in your mouth. Quesadilla instead. Yeah, beef quesadilla, yeah. Mm-hmm. Beef quesadilla, maybe some uh, combination breed of sour cream. Mm. That's where the magic happens. Mm, little cheesecake chimneys? Uh, no, gross. What? Gross. All right. Wow. Gross. They're gross. I don't know. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't like I I don't like traditional cheesecake. I only like oh, okay. certain kinds of cheesecake. Really? Like chocolate cheesecake? That's my shit. I want to get back to the to the writing when you're super low, but I feel like we need to address the cheesecake situation's taking hand here. I just it, it's weird. Like I it's something about the tartness, I think, that throws me off mm. for like a traditional New York style cheesecake. And I think it's evolved over time. Yeah. Like I, now I can eat them. I used to like not eat it at all because I'm a cheese fiend, man. Like yeah. I love cheese. Gouda cheese is my... Mm. Smoked or non? Uh, either way, either really. Way. Uh, the, the Trader Joe's Gouda is really delicious. And we just went to Tulsa... Last year, I haven't been to a Trader Joe's yet. Oh, yeah. You need to go. It's okay. super cheap, really organic, healthy stuff. Cheap, really? Yeah, it's real cheap, actually. Hmm. I, it's, um, it's like getting the same amount of food from Trader Joe's that I used to get at Reese's is like half price. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. It's super good, too. Duly noted. You see, gaining perspective. That's why we're That's here. That's why we're here, yeah. <laughs> for sure. So you don't feel like there's any application for the stuff that you... It really intrigues me. You say the stuff that you write when you're at your lowest is too dark for anything. You can't. You don't think you can find an application for it anywhere? Uh, I I think that I can draw from the ideas mm. and and the raw emotional side of things. Okay. But there are some things that I don't want to give more power to. That makes a lot and of so sense. And so, kind of, um, I sometimes I write stuff out and then destroy it because. I had to get it out, but I don't want other people to to like find because a lot of times depression and, and mental illness is romanticized. You don't want to show somebody how to build the bomb exactly. that they're going to blow themselves up with. There's a, there's a lot of ro- romantic aspects uh, in the traditional sense of it, where, where people kind of bring this light to these mental illness stigmas, where it's like, oh, this great depression of, and it's all on Facebook, and oh well, and that's not realistic. It's like, no, no. those are the people you, you know aren't truly at that same point as the people who like have a chemical imbalance in their brain. Right, yeah. And it's all like, oh, talking about cutting themselves and, These and are all sad, this. These cynical people, but. The, which, you know, it sucks to be sad. Yeah. I get that. That's fine. But for other people, like, this is not something that, that has this glory to it. Mm-hmm. There, there's no, like, triumph in this it's, depression. No, no. It, it's just like, empty brokenness and everyone um so i don't want to give more fuel to these ideals of these people who want the the pity for it right because there's a lot of i think false equivalencies of these of of trying to recapture it because people want an excuse for why their lives are terrible sure well i have well and i'm not saying that you know it's not just everybody has this type of 
mental illness and that's good that's a good thing thank goodness yeah it, it's 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 a good thing but i think uh some of those moments where i am dark and i'm talking about destruction and i'm talking about death and i'm talking about um this kind of real raw hopelessness doesn't need for me to give that power in my own mind either right. because when i have it and i keep rereading it and then these thoughts become uh tangible become living instead of passing it, it becomes something that i would reflect on and then go well yeah yeah, this is right. This is how I feel. Mm. These are real things. Because for a long time, that's what it was. It was kind of this meditation on the darkness as opposed to finding solutions for it. Right. You know, like listen to sad songs when you're sad. Like there's some merit to that to an extent. But if you are like thinking about killing yourself and you start listening to Elliot Smith, you're not doing yourself any favors <laughs> at, at the end of the day. You know what I mean? I will find myself slipping into a depression and then... It unconsciously putting on really sad country Oh, for music. sure. I mean, we all do it. It's not like... And then I'll, I'll end up texting Becca like, super sad today. Guess what I just discovered myself listening to? And it's sad-ass country music every time. Yeah, mine's like when I'm really lonely, uh, I'll find myself listening to like uh, Dashboard, the old mm. Dashboard. Oh. The real like... Real, yeah, just yeah. like my heart is empty, and it's like I was already lonely yeah. and sad, and then yeah. I'm just like screaming during you know best deceptions, yeah, and it's not helping anything. Nope. But but then again, on sometimes when you're in the right sad mood and you listen to that, you can scream out those emotions, and then you're fine. It's a little bit it's, like church. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is a gamble, though. Sometimes oh, it feeds sure. it. Sometimes it's cathartic. You really never know what you're gonna get. That's the the power of music is that it's so. Uh, adaptable mm -hmm. and it's it's to an extent uh living yeah yeah man i can i saw a manchester orchestra at hop jam yeah. this year and i've been a fan of them for a long time and there's it's some of the saddest music you can ever listen to lyrically for sure yeah but i was sitting there i felt like you said totally fucking alive screaming along with every word mm. it was like church for me man <laughs> well, in my opinion, <clears throat> uh, music has gained, done nothing but gain power over time, especially as traditional religion is changing and fading mm -hmm. uh, from the group consciousness. And <clears throat> people are looking for new spiritual solutions to life. Right. And music fills a lot of that gap. And musicians are kind of like the new high priests. Mm. Where they're they're bringing in these rituals, uh, ancient rituals through music of um, contemplation of of morality and and mortality and all these things that used to be answered and and fixed by church, but a lot of people, especially our generation, are left wanting when it comes to religion because we see for the first time the widespread hypocrisy within it that was never available. Um, to be known when we were younger. It's not like... Pre-internet. Exactly, well. for sure. And that's yeah. 100% it. It's not like there was less sex abuse in the Catholic Church until now. It's just that now we can talk about it. Yep. It's not like there was less depression in the world or less uh, Im immorality or less sexuality or less any of these things. Mm -hmm. The world is much less violent than it used to be, but now we're able to talk about it instantly and talk mm -hmm. in groups. And that's what's happened with uh, religion is... People are able to be like, you know what, I, 
I find this leaves me wanting in a way that was never able to express before. And they before. can connect with thousands and tens of thousands of other people who feel the exact same the way that they do. Which, you know, has its benefits and its drawbacks. Of you know, course. That's how we get orange Cheetos in the White House. Exactly. But, yeah, uh, yeah. That's neither here nor there. But <laughs> for me, religion... Uh, and it's I, I was raised very religious and you know, I'm very a religious. Son. Oh yeah, okay. My yeah. dad worked at the church, so I, yeah, I was there all the time. And, and my uh, mental illness started to manifest itself around 14. Mm. And so I'm 14, and I'm riding these roller coasters of emotion all the time. And the solution was always uh, pray, you know, okay. pray, pray. God will, you know, lift you, liberate you from this. And, you know, I spent years and years and years lying on the floor of my room, weeping and screaming and being like, let's just make it stop just for a second, just mm-hmm. for just a brief. And it, it didn't. Let me get and a it gasp wouldn't. there. Just one second. Just yeah. I'm drowning. How can I pray harder? Yeah. I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. And that's about the time <clears throat> where, where music really became something for me where like the the senses fail became like this thing that changed my life of of having all these feelings of that felt overwhelming and that, that religion and, and this kind of vacuum left in my life where it's like i feel so empty but then mm. music was able to come in there and and fill some of those holes and i had these spiritual moments you know listening to you know, Buddy Nielsen from Since It's Failed screaming about burning down his house and killing everyone he knows. Yeah. And I'm like 14 and I got it blasting and I'm just like, I hate the pain. And it's like, <laughs> it was transformative. Yeah. And it saved me. And music has always done that for me. And and some of my most spiritual moments have been at concerts. Like when I saw Mumford and Sons cover, it was like in the Guthrie tour. So it was Mumford, Edward Sharp, uh, Alabama Shakes, and like four other bands on stage together covering Beatles songs. Jeez. There was like 60 people on the stage and they were all covering all these Beatles songs together. And like, I just remember weeping and just being like, oh, this is that feeling. Yes. That chill up your spine that's undeniable of yeah. something greater. And we find that in music. Mm-hmm. And I don't find it in a lot of other things. I'm right there with you, man. There are very few things that fill you up with that, like, true joy. And even if it's a cathartic joy while you're sad, while you're down, it is something that you cannot get anywhere else. And it is a 100% real feeling. Um, So I I completely identify with you there. Uh, Was Senses Fail, like, the first band? I mean, you mentioned them. So obviously, was that, like, the first, your, your step into secular ism and <laughs> for the most part yeah I mean, yeah I'm, I'm still uh i don't know how i what i would define myself now religiously mm. i mean definitely not uh to the stereotypical evangelical or anything like that i think um there's a lot of good things in some of it and a lot of really hurtful bullshit and the rest of it yeah but, uh, since his fail was one of the first steps musically secularly an agnostic household by the way oh for sure then yeah really same same like. side of things i like jesus i hate everything that came afterwards sure yeah like, i think I, that all everything else is bullshit made for the sense of controlling people exactly the rest yeah, of yeah. it's like i love the idea of loving everyone i'm all about that life mm-hmm. and about protecting the weakest of us and and, you know, all these different things. But, uh, you know, the modern American Christian church has lost complete sight of that and sold their souls for political power. Yeah, so it's not. Fuck that. It's not Jesus Christ at all. No, no, no. And, and yes. Yeah, or some might say it is Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus of Nazareth. 
True. So yeah, I've heard that as well. If I was, it was always DC Talk was my first big band that I mm. loved, loved it. Third day. Third day, dope. Yeah. Really nice guys too. Um, and and it was like we weren't allowed. We had to buy all our music at at um, Mardell's. Yeah. And so I started rebelling because I started listening to Christian metal. Thank Demon, God for Demon Christian Hunter rock and, metal, man. and Under Oath. Yeah. And like I would just blast this music and I'm like, turn that off. And I'm like, it's worship music talking about jesus and so that's how it started and then somebody, you had to bring her the book like here's the lyrics right exactly no for sure yeah and so uh somebody gave me a couple blink 182 cds oh. when i was in like seventh grade oh man and that was like mm, that was the thing that changed and then it was census fail and then it was pop uh punkorama and then the the really big changer in music for me was uh, the Vans Warped Tour compilation 2004. Oh, sure, yeah. It was like my first introduction to a lot of these bands like Coheed and, and um, Take Back Sunday and really took me into this screamo emo time. And yeah, yeah. It's like 2004 at this point, so it's like on its rise and music is beautiful and there's angry long-haired boys everywhere. Yeah. It was really uh, <laughs> really beautiful. And I'm, I'm still, for the most part, trapped in, in 2004 to 2008 musically. I mean, just because it's I, the best. For me, 2006 to 2012 was my goal. I'll age. agree. I'll agree up until like 2012 for sure. Yeah. There was still some, like, especially in my post-hardcore Love a lot of that was like 2010, 2012. Yeah. Like a lot yeah, of that yeah. uh, old We Came as Romans. Rest in peace to the vocalist of We Came as Romans. He died. Oh wow! Really? I don't know how. The, I haven't read too much into it. But. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh wow! I never got. Whenever they were popular with my friend group, I was into like Ben Folds and Yellow Card. Uh, ben Folds is still one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen in my life. When did you see him? Uh, uh, 2004. Oh, okay. And then again in like 2008, and I didn't get to see him at Kane's. We I saw forgot. him at Kane's and he was by himself. It's the best show I've ever been to in my life. He's phenomenal. Dude, Incredible. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, we saw him at, at Orange Peel mm -hmm. back in the day when they used to do that in Stillwater. And he was one of the reasons they quit doing Orange Peel because of his obscenity violations. <laughs> they told him he couldn't swear, and so he wrote a song of just using the word fuck. Oh, hell and yeah. And then played um, Rock in the Suburbs. Yeah. And was like, they told me I can't swear tonight, but fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. You hear me? You hear me? Still water? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, he was so good. He can play piano like a monster. Did he play Rock This Bitch? Of course. Oh man, that I was mean, a good it moment. was a while. All I listened to was like uh, was like Third Eye Blind, and Dashboard, and Binfolds, yeah. and Early November. Yeah, like, yeah. I've gone through. It's weird. Lots of different changes, and the only things I listen <laughs> to for sure. The first secular CD I ever bought was uh, a Day to Remember for those who have heart. And I was actually looking at. I had a Day to Remember in my left hand, and my now favorite band of all time, Bayside, in my right hand. And I don't know why, but I put down the Bayside, and I got a day to remember. My first secular CD was uh, self-titled Third Eye Blind, mm. and then um, Big Willie Style, the old Will Smith album. Oh, wow. So I didn't even know what that was when you said the album name. Yeah, it's the one with, like, getting jiggy with it in Miami, and that's okay. probably before your time. 
Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be 26 in November. So we're not oh, that yeah, far yeah. apart, but it's. I feel like it's an important five years. Getting jiggy with it. No, 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 no. That album was amazing. Yeah. But I took it back because I thought it was inappropriate, even though he doesn't swear. Did you feel guilt? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. I used to feel guilt. Yeah. I, I don't really know what that's like anymore. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You're doing all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if it ain't broke, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure my latest ex would agree with you that my uh, empathy sometimes is a plus <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Here's that. Here's that thinking you're funny again, man. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So do you feel like you're, is any of your, do you have a Christian like guilt hangover now? Has it followed you this far? No. Good. Good. No, 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 no. Um, sometimes, the only times I feel guilt is when I knowingly do something stupid. Mm. Usually while drinking. Okay. Almost always while drinking. And then yeah, the next yeah. day I'm just like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Why was that your decision process? Why yeah, is that yeah. something that you decided was a good idea? Is this actions taken within like interpersonal relationships or all sorts of things, okay. you know, a myriad of, of consequences for my own <laughs> bad choices. Uh, but it, it's, it's not so much guilt isn't as much as it's disappointment. Well, do you have a, I guess really a better way for me to phrase my question. Do you have, were you a conservative person and now you consider yourself much more liberal. Oh, 100%. And what was that? Because I'm in the middle of a transition right now of coming out of a, I have a lot of subconscious <clears throat> conservatism that I'm working through was, in a very liberal lifestyle now that I have. It was um, prob probably two, two different things. Um, I mean, I didn't even listen to or like American Idiot by Green Day because it was so much against my conservative upbringing. Uh -huh. Because I thought that it was inappropriate for them to talk that way about the president. And that's who oh, I was. Yeah, and yeah. and um, you know, I went to Metro Christian Academy and I was very sheltered, very um, um, taught how to think about things politically. And sure. then I went to college and I was a musical theater major and made a bunch of gay friends. And, and slowly my perspective started to shift. Yeah. And it wasn't until um, really... Uh, I was like 24. It's interesting when you get to meet the boogeyman, right? Right, for sure. Uh, and I was like 24, and, and my then one of my best friends, his name was Sean, uh, Sean Mabry, and he was like the guy who taught me that gay people are just people, and like mm. he, he taught me like, you know, I didn't ask to be this way, and if I could change it, I would, but there's no other way I know how to be. Yeah. This is how I've always been. It's not like one day I woke up and was like, this way or the other way. And he you know, really showed me the, the humanity of, mm -hmm. of what I've always considered of a, a, a different part of humanity. Um, and when he died when I was 24, got hit by a drunk driver. And uh, that was kind of one of the biggest shifts in my entire life was I went to the chaplain when I was in the army. And I said, you know, I'm really struggling. Um, you know, my best friend, one of my best friends just died. And I'm, I'm really having a hard time holding it together. And he said, well, is it because um, you know that your friend was a faggot and he's in hell? God. And I just like stared at this guy. And I was like, 
the fuck did you just say? And, you know, he was like, oh, I'm just saying, you're probably feeling guilty and angry because you didn't save your friend. And, and he was a faggot. And he kept saying faggot over and over and over oh while I'm, like, God. in his office, like, no, I'm telling you that I'm barely holding it together because someone I love deeply is dead. And, yeah. And so that was the moment where I kind of went, you know what, you know what, you know what, you know what, <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm good with this. I'm yeah. good with, with all of this. If, if this is really how you view your religion, mm-hmm. that there's this all-knowing God and he chose for my friend to die and will now torture him, even though he was the best person I knew yeah. for this bullshit, yeah. then I don't want to be a part of it. And that was kind of like where I, start, I stepped away from religion and I stepped away from all this other stuff and became much more liberal. Mm. And at first it was reactionary. And I went, of course, immediately to militant atheism because that's the next natural progression sure yeah and there was a long time where like my parents would be like it's time to pray and I'd be like well god's a lie so i don't want to pray <laughs> and it'd be like family dinners and like thanksgiving and they'd be like well you know because my my family's all still very religious but they're they're sure. the right kind of religious where they authentically live and believe um but there was a long time where they'd be like well this and this and this and i'd be like well did you ever thought about the hero cycle and the fact that jesus was just a copycat of all the old religions that have come before him and i would go down these YouTube uh, rabbit zeitgeist. holes and zeitgeist shit and like always be confrontational. And yeah. Of course that's, uh, you know, changed over time where, um, <laughs> you know, I'm helping, my family is helping my son be raised in the church. Mm. And at first I hated that. I hated it. I hated it. I was like, no, he must know that how I believe. But then I realized like that moral background bone that's kind of installed in you is a good yeah. thing and it's kind of good well you're little to to believe that everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. all this other stuff and i think when he's ready i will present some of my beliefs to him but um, sure not yet because i don't want to fuck up his childhood him being like seven and be like well oh you guys like jesus well it's a lie let me tell you about some historical documents about why that isn't yeah, true right. i don't want to be that kid yeah yeah uh, so it's that's fair it's been interesting it's been a real journey but that's the way it should be i you know your 20s are spent thinking you know everything yeah while knowing you don't know anything but still telling everyone how confident you are in everything right and (laughs) it's not until you can admit that you are wrong about things that i think you actually begin to grow and change and evolve that's where i'm at now and i it's a, it's a rough ride, man. Oh, it's it's a bitch for a it's long time. It's a dirt time. road and a half for sure. Because you got to look at a lot of things that you knew without a shadow of a doubt were correct yeah. and be like, uh, okay, maybe I don't know everything. It's a scary feeling thinking that your whole life was a lie. For sure. You know? And uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about the moral backbone with your son, though, because whenever I, uh, for lack of a better term, came out as agnostic to my parents, um, I, I made sure to thank them for doing their best right for sure you know because what they they did make me a a respectful young man you know uh timid maybe mild yeah (laughs) which is not always the best for the real world but i i just had this general set of this guideline of how to how to act as a human which is which is great for me right i know a lot of people my age who grew up without any religion whatsoever and that was also connected to not having much structure right. at all. And now, you know, they're fuck-ups. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, geez, it, even though I've got this existential crisis, this moral crisis, at least I'm not in jail or, you know, homeless. 
<laughs> I have existential crises as I'm getting older, like weekly. And I, I spent my entire 20s thinking I was invincible, knowing mm-hmm. I was invincible. And like I used to stand on top of the roof of my truck on the highway while my friend was driving and just scream into the heavens that I'm unkillable. Wow. I was crazy back then, uh, for sure. <laughs> for sure, calm down quite a bit. But, uh, you know, now that I'm getting older, I've started thinking about legacy and, and, and you know, people start dying off in their 30s if they don't take care of themselves. Right. But, that's, but that's been like this whole thing of me, like maybe I don't know what I believe so much, but there's some liberation in that because now I get to figure out like, what do I actually believe uh, myself outside of everything else, outside of parental influence, societal influences? What is it that I truly believe? And what does that mean for my life? What do I need to do now to live accordingly to this code? And I think like, the 20s are spent figuring out who you are and the 30s are spent trying to um, live accordingly to who mm. you you are. Okay. And that's how I've felt to it. And people are like, oh my God, I, I don't want to turn 30. But 30's been great for me <clears throat> because you stop caring about what you're supposed to think. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of the 20s are spent doing. Uh, you know, am I wearing the right shirt? Am I at the right bar? Am I listening to the right music? Am I... You know, dating the right girls. Am I doing this the right way? And then eventually you realize there is no right way and no one knows what the fuck they're doing. And, sure. and, and you know, everyone's lost in the dark just like you are. So <laughs> now you have this opportunity to decipher what truth is for you. And that leads to a lot of really scary moments. Mm-hmm. Um, like some existential crises I've had where it's just like, holy shit, I could die tomorrow. What does it mean if I actually die? What if I die tomorrow? Yeah. What do I believe is going to happen for real though? Mm-hmm. Instead of like this idea and like this bravado of, of, of all knowledge, you know, that comes, especially in your mid twenties of just, I know everything. I'm not worried. And then it's yeah. like, Oh, holy shit. Like, Oh, I could die at any time. Right. What does that mean? And then those those rabbit holes have been pretty deep and dark. Yeah. But then you come out the other side and you go, okay. Well, I guess I don't know anything and that's What's okay. What's your best guess after you die? You know, I don't think it really matters. Okay. I've kind of got to that point, not in like the nihilistic sense but that it used to the be. The fact that you don't know the difference. After you die. Is that kind of where you stand? It's kind of like if if things are how I believe them to be, that that maybe there is an energy to the universe. And maybe there is, um, even if you look just on the chemical reaction side of things, that things are neither created nor destroyed in a chemical Mm -hmm. reaction. And that Mm -hmm. um, matters just changed. And, And so... Maybe there is an all-knowing, all-loving God out there. And if there is, I don't think he's the dick that he's been uh, framed as. Uh, I think when he quit speaking for himself, other people decided to uh, interpret however they wanted to. And it's been this fear and hatred and, and, and fire. Yeah. And that doesn't because make... That's, because they're personifying him. Oh, yeah. And, and into their, a human value. They're projecting. That's yeah, the word sure. I'm trying to come up with. It's all projection. And, and so I think maybe, maybe if we... There's two, two choices. Either there is a God that is love, and then I'll get there and I'll be like, man, I tried my best, you know? Yeah. I fucked up a lot, and I failed a lot, and I wasted a lot of time, but I really did try to be 
a good person. And you recognized, you admitted that, and you tried to change. And I tried not to be a dick, and I yeah. tried to love people as best as I could. Um, and I believe that if that's the case, then that God will be like, I know. You, you, did, the, you did the best you could. Yeah. Or there's nothing. And that's okay, too, because I won't know it because I'll be dead. So either way, yeah. all we can try and do, even if there is nothing, nothing matters. Because for a long time, I went through that hardcore nihilism where it's like nothing matters, so I won't try. Right. Nothing matters. So why give a fuck about anything? Because it all ends up being disappointing anyway. So nothing matters. So whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Right. And that's not the right way. So it's like, even if nothing does matter, then the fact that nothing matters makes everything matter. Right. Because you only get one shot at it. If uh-huh. that's the case, then I'm going to do my best not to be a dick anyway, because that's going to make this one chance I have at this life worse. Right. Yeah, sure. So even if nothing matters and there is nothing after death and we just die and that's it. Well, that's okay because I'll be dead and that'll be it. That doesn't scare me. However, if there is another go. Then I'm still going to do the best I can. Right, right. And and no matter what, that's the right way to live. Yeah. And especially now that I have a son, it's like even if I found out tomorrow that there is no God and that we all die alone in darkness and it fades away and you'll be forgotten, uh, you know, in 60, 70 years and all this stuff. All I can do is try and be the best example for him. Mm. And and that saved me. I mean, my son saved me because I, I refused to be a fuck up. I won't be that guy. I was about to ask if there was a tie-in between your um, shunning of nihilism and the birth of your child. Uh, it wasn't... Was there a crossover? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Whoa. I wasn't ready to be a father. Uh, I was 24. Uh, the girl who I had my son with was... Um, she had four kinds of cancer and, and she was barren and she would never have kids no, no matter what. Like, because it was lady cancer. Sure. So, like, her womb was dead. Right. And apparently not. <laughs> I also like to think that um, my manhood cures cancer because uh, yeah, it went yeah. away and never came back. Um, <laughs> I, I've tried to get this study. Bottle that shit up. I've dude. tried to get a study founded where I go to the hospital and sleep <laughs> with cancer patients, but no one will. Uh, no one's going to fund it, huh? No one will fund it, and <laughs> it's hard to find you know, people to try it out on. Willing so. participants? So far, though, I'm 100%. No yeah. one I've slept with has died of cancer. There you go. So. Just that's, saying. That's proof. If if you think you might have cancer, hit your boy up and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, so I wasn't ready. I I just been diagnosed. So here's what happened. All within uh, three months, I found out I was having a child with a woman I didn't love and didn't like me that I was dating only to get back at my ex-fiance. Uh, and so that happened. I found out I was bipolar and was getting out of the army because I made a lot of terrible choices. Um, and I was sexually assaulted all within three months of each other. So there was uh, that nihilism and darkness really lasted for a lot longer. That's a hell of a cocktail, uh, man. Yeah, it was, it was super intense. It was super intense, super intense. And so, you know, it's, that was six years ago, and I, it took me five and a half of those to get back to any form of who is Joey and, and, yeah. and what is that like and how do we deal with all this stuff. Because, uh, you know, I always knew I had depression, but it wasn't diagnosed until I was 25. Sure. And so it's kind of like I've spent the last five years trying to figure out, A, who am I in general now that I'm out of the army? 
B, how do I deal with trauma? C, how do I deal with the fact that I have a serious mental illness? And D, how am I going to be a dad? Because right. I'm doing all these things all at the same time. And, and so yeah. there was definitely a long period of nihilism and, and hopelessness. And, 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 and really it didn't click with me mm-hmm. um, until he was probably about two, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it was like this moment of... You gotta do better, man. Yeah, and and I still fail all the time. I mean, I'm still uh, a mentally ill guy who who deals with his depression by drinking too much. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, uh, I I still do that, and then but I do it less, right. and I, I I mess up less than I used to because I'm trying to f- add some sort of value to somebody else's life, and then, and that's been really um, beautiful, you know. Really, there. It strives for me to be better, even if nothing else matters, even if this is the only chance we get at anything. Then, then my goal then is to just be the best example and the best friend and the best role model, or at least do my best at doing those things. Right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put too much pressure on yourself. To for be sure. The perfect parent. I mean, because you'll never achieve that. But I mean, like tonight, I'm playing pool with my son, and he's singing along to "Where's My Mind" by the Pixies. So you know, I'm like doing some things You're right. You're doing a good job. You know, yeah, and that's yeah. and that's what it is. It's it's not about being this version of you that is perfected. Yeah. It's not about not messing up, and it's not about you know being this social media version that's always perfect and has the right responses and has a beautiful car and the right job and the right woman and like everything is just flawless like some people shoot for mm-hmm. uh, it's about just being better than you were yesterday yeah and that's 100%. all that's all it is and that's that was the most freeing moment of my life was when it's like you will never just wake up one day and be this perfected version of yourself you have to work at it every mm-hmm. single day. And that sucks. There's not an easy solution. Like I, yeah. I still think in my mind one day I'm going to wake up skinny again. You know, <laughs> One day I'm just going to like boom and then I'm going to like I've lost all this weight and be back in shape. It's like if I don't work at it every day, yeah. nothing's yeah. going to happen. And that's kind of where it reaches. How can I be better tomorrow? Right. Than I was today. Yeah, yeah. And am, was I better today than I was yesterday? If I wasn't, then how do we make sure that tomorrow is better than today was? Yeah. And, and when you reduce it down to that, life becomes a lot more manageable and a lot less meaningless because it really just becomes about self-improvement in a way that's not self-improvement for the sake of others or for the sake of appearance or for the sake of, of accolades and honors and, and all this other stuff. It's, it's like, how can I just be better? How can I just be the most authentic me? How can you find, like you were talking about, that one second of relief mm-hmm. whenever you were on the ground screaming at God trying to get that one breath of air? Exactly. I mean, if you can transfer that to tomorrow, I'm going to do my best to get my breath of air. And eventually, you're going to make yourself a life vest. Yep. You're going to be on top of it. Or just, it's going to be a while. Or just reminding yourself that it's, these feelings don't last forever. Yeah. And no matter how bad they are, you're going to make it through it. Because you have made it through every other one. Yeah. And there's a lot of freedom in that. And there's, you mentioned about being diagnosed at 25. Very similar story for myself. And I've, I've noticed that there's kind of a, there's a bitter duality in being diagnosed at 25 yeah because at one on one hand thank goodness i kind of have my shit figured out i'm pretty mature i'm going to be able to come at this with a logical approach at the same time though 
your neural pathways have been formed. Oh yeah. You know, and now you've got my my therapist puts it really well. She's like, you've built yourself I forty four. You know, it's paved. It's nice. You've got your way. It's maybe not perfect, but it's what you know. It works. And now you've got to build a dirt path off the side through the woods to build your other highway. And that's that your day to day is you off-roading trying to get off trying to get over to that new highway i agree with that completely i mean there's there's this kind of it's definitely duality where it's on one end it's i have this now reasoning for why i am the way i am but then on like the really good days i think well you know maybe it's not the case maybe i'm just lazy so maybe those days where i'm unable to make a phone call or can't clean my room or whatever that's just me being lazy and and then you know you find that no, that's that's just depression, and then, mm-hmm. and it, there's kind of this. Okay, well, I know my brain's gonna work this way, so you can build up defenses to that. But then, as you're evolving, so does your illness, and that's the problem with being incredibly smart, and then also having this kind of broken switch inside your head where I can outthink my illness, but I don't know that it's outthinking my outthinking. Right. So it's like involved in my planning period to outthink it. So yeah. it's still there going, oh, that's a good idea. But now we're going to try and introduce this to it. <laughs> oh, you got that figured out, did you? <laughs> Here's something new for you that yeah. you you didn't know was going to happen. And it's, it's I mean, it's, it's really a struggle of coming to it terms. Can, it can really feel like two steps forward, one step back. Or you 10 did. steps backwards and no steps forward. I mean, some <laughs> days are like that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like for the most part, and I hope it's been the same experience for you, that overall, bad days accounted, worst days thinkable accounted in the last three, four years of your life. Like, it has been better. There has been progress made. At least that's how it is for me. It's It's... It's not that the bad days are better. It's that my reaction to the bad days are better. That's what I was going for. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. The bad days are are still terrible. And like Awful. I, I spend a lot of my time trying to on social media of, of, of purposely being positive. Of being like, hey, I see you. You're, you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. And it's not only to help other people who are struggling, but it's to remind myself as I say these things like, it's okay. You're doing the best you can. You're doing the best you can. And so then, you know, I'll be having these conversations with people about, you know, finding hope in, in these dark places. And then I will like last night, you know, not leaving my house because I just couldn't do it. And it's like, ah, come on, we're past this. Well, yeah. it's, it's not that we're, we're ever going to be past these dark moments. It's that we will have the tools to be able to better let them not destroy us. Sure. For, for, you know, you have a bad day now or a bad afternoon now instead of a bad month. Right. Or two months, or three months, or exactly. four months, and and it's going to be this consistently looking at yourself and being like, "Here are the ways that I did not reach my goals of who I'm trying to be," and instead mm-hmm. of beating the shit out of myself, being like, "Okay, yesterday I made some terrible choices. <laughs> Let's just try not to do those again in this way." <laughs> I find myself really having to work over a lot of personal embarrassment if oh, I. Yeah put my foot in my mouth on a bad day, <laughs> text, text a few people some really silly shit. I, I spend a lot of my time in deleting my statuses. Being oh, yeah. like, like, I'm so sick of everyone's bullshit today and you're all stupid, and then being like, nope, 
taking that down. <laughs> That's okay. We it don't. Only, we don't got, need to. It only got two likes. I can. Right. No one's gonna notice. Or I'll catch it immediately and be like, "Stop! That's not the person you're trying to be. That's not the person you're trying to be." Yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to: is who, who, who do you want to be? That's a fucking win, though. Yeah, for Deleting sure. that status. One hundred percent. So it is improvement. Yeah. I mean, definitely improvement. It's never going to be easy, and it's never going to be to the point where I think I'll be unaffected. Yeah. But I can get to the point where it no longer has power, as much power, where it, it no longer gets to dictate my life. We're making sausage right now. For sure. End product's going to be great. You really hate the, this part. The middle though. part sucks because in order <laughs> in order to self-improve, you have to actually self-reflect. Uh-huh. And you have to actually self-reflect and not just... This kind of superficial self-reflection where you're like, oh, I got drunk last night. I shouldn't have done that. But being like, why did I feel like I had to drink that much? And why did I feel like I then had to have these conversations? And what is it about these moments that I can, that makes me this way? And actually having to admit you're wrong, like we were talking about earlier, of Mm -hmm. looking at yourself and being like, that wasn't good enough. You can do better than this. Yeah. And that sucks because no one wants to be wrong. Right. That's why we have wars is because no one wants to admit they're wrong. Right. And that's why we have this culture of toxic masculinity too is because uh, there's uh, a large part of man that's been taught that you cannot admit that you were wrong because no one's father was wrong. They were always right. Yeah. A lot of old school dads, because they're I right. Said, because I said Because they so. said so. Yeah. And even if they know they're wrong, they'll never admit they're wrong because that's less of, of a man. Yeah. And that's all bullshit. And so you have to be able to be self-reflective and, and, and admit when you are lacking. And that's not fun. No one likes that. It's cog- that cognitive dissonance that happens whenever yeah. you have to realize you're wrong about something, especially something that you don't want to be wrong about. Yeah, so if it's something very deeply personal and connected to you, uh, it's something that you've attached directly to your identity. Whenever I mean, you literally do have to break down and rebuild parts of yourself, and it's got to, and you have to do it, and it's it's only then that you can find ways to get better. Yeah, and and. It's it's hard, and it's got to be consistent, and it's got to be constant, and it's got to be real work. And that's the only way you get better is by really digging in there into the darkness and facing those uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. and being like, you're right, that was real shitty of me. Mm-hmm. And my, I'm sorry. Instead of being like, well, you know, I do what I do. That's just the way it is. It's for a long time. That's how it was. That's just the way I am. Yeah. What do you want from me? Yeah. So what I used to say to my dad all the time, like, what the fuck do you want from me? I'm doing the best I can. I got all this shit going on. Yeah. Doing the best I can. And I was okay with that. It wasn't until I decided that I wanted more from mm-hmm. life than just to survive. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to learn all of it the hard way, but <laughs> not unfortunate. It's It's been... You know, I've I've been through some real shit. Like, had an, my ex fiance killed herself two years ago, and like all this other terrible stuff has happened, one thing after another. But that doesn't get to destroy my life like I used to let it. You know, I'd spin out on something for like a year. Yeah. Instead of just being like, man, that really sucks. But okay, I can't the control world it. I've found is just constant chaos oh for sure and what i'm really trying to do within myself is 
find what I can control and do my best with that. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to the the serenity prayer of, of being able to change the things you can. Yeah. And be okay with the things you can't and being able to know which things you can control and which things you can't control. I can't control my depression. Yeah. Can't do it. And no. for a long time I I thought that I would never be successful until I stopped being sad. There had to be a cure for this mm-hmm. instead of uh a way to to maintain. It was more of just there had to be an end game where I would be fine and it would all be behind me. And it's not until you realize that like, you have to be able to change the things you can change and the things you can't change, either finding ways to deal with them or to continually try and improve the way that you think about them, that kind of stuff. Do you struggle with the realization that sometimes there will be people that won't forgive you. There will be things that you can't mend, that you can't repair, things you'll never be able to take back. That has been one of the biggest, well, the hardest things for me to accept is that you, you really can't fix everything. You can't. And, and the biggest thing about that is realizing that you can't control the way that people feel about the things you've done. Even if you can give them the exact reason why you did those things and say, yeah, and here's why, because I was dealing with this breakup and I drank too much that night and I was really feeling insecure and alone and that's why I did these things in, in, in ways that make sense and that they could understand why, but that some people that won't matter to. And what you have to do is separate from other people's expectations of you and other people's uh, acceptance of you and, and just... Do Separate the best your you can. worth from that. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Because some people aren't going to forgive you, and some people aren't going to care about uh, your depression, and some people don't give a shit because... Well, people don't owe you their forgiveness No, either. it's for sure. You, you don't get to decide how uh, other people are allowed to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't fix anyone else into thinking the right way even. And so sometimes that sucks for sure. Yeah. Like I have some old, some friends that were family that, you know, I don't talk to anymore. And I've tried to reach out and be like, yeah, I get it. I was real shitty back then. Yeah. And like a, a good friend of mine that was, it was a brother to me. I was a groomsman in his wedding. And that wedding, me and a couple other guys got like obliterated. And we were making fools of ourselves and all this kind of stuff. But that, that was seven years ago. <clears throat> but I can't change the way that affected him. No. And no matter how I'm doing now doesn't negate the feelings that he had about then or or how I was behaving then. And sometimes you burn an image of yourself into someone's mind that they just they can't shake. But you have to be okay with knowing that that doesn't define you. Right. No matter what people think of you because there's a large portion of of uh, groups of people that think that I am a, a uncontrollable psychotic drunk because for a long time I was yeah yeah and no matter why I was that way or these factors of like sexual abuse and 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 self-harming and and genetic disposition to certain chemicals and all these things that doesn't doesn't matter um, because some people are always gonna view you as who you were and that's okay because you've got to be able to cut the ties there and realize that their feelings aren't your problem. And it's true. It's, it's, you have to find a way 
to create your own self-worth. Mm. And you have to find a way to be okay with yourself. And if other people don't come around to who you truly are, there's nothing you can do about that. And so why spend all your time trying to get these certain people who don't care about you and don't want to care about you to care about you Yeah. instead of trying to authentically be better for right. the sake of yourself. Yeah. And that's where you find all these people who, who spin out and never come back because they're too concerned with uh, other people and other people's expectations and opinions and, and, and how they think people should love them. And then you see all these people on social media are like, well, that's just who I am. And if you don't like it, then fuck you. And like to an extent, you have to kind of have that attitude. Yeah. But also, in the other point of view, like sometimes you have to be able to look at yourself and be like, there's reasons why they don't like me because I was a shitty person. Yeah, yeah. Like there's been times where I've done stupid, horrible stuff. Yeah. And some people still don't like me because of those decisions. And you know what? That's how it is. Fuck them. And then also fuck me for being that way back yeah. then. Yeah. But see the progress. See yeah. the progress. See every day just try and do better that's yeah. it that's it that's 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 the only thing that you can focus on that's that's it and the rest of it will fall into place or it won't yeah <laughs> there's, there's there's no other way to do it like either it's all gonna work out or it won't but there's nothing you can do besides try your best right if you do anything else it's not gonna work and it's like you know, I I believe that everything's going to be okay. And I have no way of knowing that. I believe that one day I will find a woman and we will get married and have a family. There's nothing in my history of relationships that backs that up in any sense. <laughs> like, there's nothing that I've done up to this point that's like, yeah, you totally are, are prepared for this kind of relationship. <laughs> I still choose to believe it and act accordingly because yeah, yeah. why the fuck not? Yeah. Like, what, it, what else? What good any, is any other way of living? Kind of like, what do you have to lose? Sort of. know, like, you know, maybe there's a God, maybe there's not. You know, a lot but of people. But all I'm going to do is try and be better. A lot of people would call that faith. And it's not often you find somebody who's ended up in your position to also have faith. And I think that's really unique, man. I respect I, that. I have, I have hope that yeah. things. And I have no reason to think that. Right. I have no reason because of the past or because of my positioning in the future that things are going to be how I want them to be. And they probably never will be. But it's, a, it's not only having hope, but it's learning to adjust expectations from these kind of storybook endings that we've been told that we all deserve and will have through capitalism. Do you remember and, thinking that you'd be rich? Yeah, I, I, I still sometimes am like, you'll see a big house and be like, yeah, one day I'm going to have a house like that. When like, <laughs> I barely pay my rent in my apartment. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> you have to let go of everything that society has told you matters and you need and will happen and just go. <sighs> what matters to me? What do I need? And yep. fuck the rest of the expectations around that. All, all you can do is try your best. Yeah. And it sounds so simple. Because it is. Well, yeah, adages and, and uh, cliches are what they are for a reason. There's truth to them. There's Things will never turn out the way that you expected them to be. Right. Because you've created this thing in your mind that is not based on reality. But there's both hope and there's you know chaos. When are you coming out of your break? Or when is it slated? You don't really know? 
I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I like to say we're on a hiatus because I don't want to say, yeah, there's no more Sound of Tulsa, but right. we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's been great either way. I mean, we we um, set out just as <clears throat> because the radio didn't support local music anymore that I was working for. And so me and Evan Hughes and Chuck, the sports guy from the, like, he kind of gave us this idea of... Um, chronicling local music and <clears throat> mm-hmm. I became really active in it once when, when I started working for the radio and um, we just kind of had I just kind of had this idea of let's interview the bands and and give them more of a, a familiarity so it's like you're you're more likely to support your friends than you are some some strangers exactly so we wanted to present an outlet that was who are these people Right. that are playing this music and why should you care enough to support them mm. and you know we we had a couple thousand listens all said and done and it's nice. pretty cool and that's awesome man you know we we kind of felt like we like i would i would do it for forever if it's up to me like right. I'll, I'll keep doing it but if it isn't if it was only a year then in that year we did 18 good episodes and i got to meet a lot of people and hell yeah uh you know won an award and it's kind of like if that's how it ends then that's still a great story so i'm okay yeah, with it definitely you yeah. quit while you were ahead if that if it was quitting right if if we have reached the end then we ended on top yeah you know we didn't fade into obscurity <laughs> but doing shitty episodes you know right right we never lost the quality at least in my opinion some people might disagree but yeah. that's okay my end goal for this is like something in between like joe rogan experience and kexp right like i want to have a live performance that's like good enough quality to put out there but i also want to just like have a chat for two hours right like, I want, it might be selfish, but I want the best of both worlds. No, I feel that. <laughs> I, I definitely do. Um, so our first, in the beginning, our format was like an hour, hour and a half. And then mm-hmm. by the end of it, we're getting down to 30 minutes, kind of more concise, more packageable, more marketable. But then, right. of course, we stopped doing it and we kept missing our times. And then I joined the band and um, that kind of took over as my main focus and passion and mm-hmm. hopefully we get back into it but either way i mean every everything has happened has been a step yeah you know yeah. <clears throat> i got the job at the edge by winning mumford and sons tickets and uh turning that into a job by asking for it and then i got on the radio because i kept asking for it and then i <laughs> uh, started this podcast as a direct result of that and because of the podcast got the band thing and now i'm kind of doing the things I want to be doing. I mean, career-wise, maybe not. I sell appliances. It's not like... Sure. It's what loans, gives me bro. life, right? Like, yeah, it's... It pays the bills. And it pays the bills, and I get to play music. I'm looking forward to the day where I can quit and fully focus on music, hopefully, but yeah. we'll see what happens. I yeah. mean, if if all that comes of it is we play some great shows around town and have a good time, then that's yeah. great, and that's more than enough. Um Obviously, I'd love to just tour full time. (laughs) I'd like to get to a point where I'm like producing records to like pay most of my bills or at least finance itself while I'm slinging espresso. Right. Something like that. That's where I'd like to be. I mean, I have a part time job just because I want one to stay busy and then just make music. And yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. That's where I I feel the most alive um, when I'm on stage. And it's it's been a process of 
because I started getting back, you know, I was doing karaoke, and then I started hosting shows, uh-huh. like hip-hop shows and stuff like that, and just random concerts, and kind of started developing that stage presence, and it's a whole different animal, and I'm still trying to learn how to be completely comfortable um, <clears throat> giving my art out there, like putting it out there. How's the chemistry between your bandmates? Because you kind of stepped in, you know, to some already finished work. Yep, uh, it's it's good. I don't think any of us were were expecting it to be as good as it's been. Like we all have pretty good relationships. I mean, <clears throat> all of them have been in other bands, so it's kind of. Uh, Did you know any of them before Cliff died? <clears throat> I knew uh, Matt. Uh, from he was drummer for much less. Is it L Eller? Uh huh. Okay, yeah, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, Matt Mushu. That's what I. Yeah. He uh, I knew him, and then I knew Spencer Swain through um, Cody's old place, which was um, that one place. Why can't I think of the name of it? Savage Space. Oh, where they yeah, do yeah. shows there, and that's how I met Spencer, and and so we were friends, and then the other guys, uh, we just kind of have bonded over the last couple months of <clears throat> it's been interesting going from what we were because we've it's been since april i think maybe april or, or may since we started playing together I, mm-hmm. yeah april because our first show was Cinco de mayo and um it's been interesting to watch us change and evolve um especially lyrically and and vocally it's taught me because i always spend all my time singing like other people growing up yeah. Wanted to sound like this guy or sound like this guy yeah. or like this guy. And this has been the first time where I've felt authentically myself. And it's been through this process of, of learning and evolving and and challenging myself. And so I'm what I'm really focusing on now is having more confidence on stage, especially yeah. the in between songs part. Or it's not just like awkward as fuck. That's the hardest fuck. thing to nail. I really think that people <clears throat> don't give enough respect to the in between songs. It's like super. It's it can be super awkward, and you yeah. you try and be funny, but still keep the energy. And so I'm still learning a lot of that stuff right, because right. I've it never mattered to me before, you know. And now it's like I want to be the best frontman I can be, and so that's been a completely learning process. You think it would come naturally, but it uh-huh. doesn't. Just like being on the radio. Uh, a lot of people are like, all you do is talk. And it's like, no, you have to completely relearn your mannerisms and the way you talk and your vocabulary. And yeah. <coughs> you have to vocalize what people would normally see on your face. Right, exactly. Which is really hard. And so it's been it's been a process. And I think, I think we're a couple shows away from really being fantastic. We're good now. Yeah. I mean, we're okay. Now we're good. We're getting really good, but you know we're still a new band. We're a young band, and we're still learning each other and learning our chemistry and learning how to flow together. Uh-huh. And um, it's it's definitely a process filled with <laughs> some frustration <laughs> because there's six of us. So I mean, obviously, it's, that's a big band, man. It, it doesn't all always go according to plan. Yeah, and yeah. It's sometimes hard getting everyone on the same page, and uh, you know, like our, our drummer Elliot's in like six bands. So it's like, for the rest of us, most of us are only in one project, so we want him to focus all his attention on us when, for us, for him, we're the side project. Right. Like, we're not his main band, even though uh, this is my only band. Right. Like, he's in four or five other bands. Sure. And so it's sometimes hard to be like, we need all your attention right now. And it's like, well, I got to play shit with them and them and them and them and them. And it's like, so there's, there's a lot of give and take. Talking about fucking dualities. 
most of the time the drummer is the backbone of a band mm-hmm. and they are usually in several bands because there are so few oh, for sure. good enough drummers to be in bands. I don't know any, really for the most part, very few drummers I know that are only in one band. Almost all of them are in multiple bands. And it's it's crazy. But I mean, Tulsa is exploding right now musically. Yeah. And it's going to continue to grow. And, you know, the loss of the Yeti was a big sad I, thing. Uh, cannot believe that happened. I mean, it's just heartbreaking. That was the place where I learned who I was. Really? I mean, like, because like, even without singing, I was always trying to be uh, who I thought other people wanted me to be or or who I thought I wanted to be. And so I've been 40 people over a decade. And <laughs> yeah. It wasn't until probably the last year and a half through the Eddie and through music and through the scene where I started to figure out who I am and who yeah. I and become confident in who I am um, as a person. And so it's it's definitely it's a it's going to be a spot that's really missed in in the scene. So it's going to be interesting to see what venues step up, what venues become more important, what venues gain kind of some of this power that uh-huh. the Yeti vacuum left. Um, but it's it's an interesting time because there's just bands popping up all the time. And, and not only that, but they're good. A lot of them, you're just like, holy shit, where'd this band come from? Wow. Who are these I, guys? I filled in for uh, a band of young kids and called Steely Face. Yeah, I've heard of Steely Face. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I've been playing drums for as long as the guy who recruited me has been alive. And uh, it was a trip. Right. First of all, I, I felt so fucking old. Right. If you guys are listening, I love you guys, but I you guys made me feel so fucking old. <laughs> and it's, they're they're so good, and they all have good gear. Right. And the guy who recruited me plays like five instruments, and he sings. And you know they were making it work. They had like a different lineup every time I've seen them, but the music was so good yeah. every time. It's like there's a bunch of of really young cats in bands, like nineteen, twenty, twenty one year olds, who are just like man, I wish I had half that talent when I was that age or half the drive to develop that kind of talent. Seriously. And and it's just, it's mind blowing. Like there's this kid named uh, Will Gibson and he's, he's like 18. I think he just graduated high school and he already writes songs with such a depth and maturity. That's like mind blowing. And you're just like, well, what the fuck? But at the same time, it's like, yes, Tulsa's future is secure. Yeah. And I'm really glad I bought a house here when I did. Right. Apparently, like my brother-in-law, he's been here for like eight years or something, and he said Tulsa is like, like, like you said, blowing up right now. Yeah, it, it is on all aspects, and you know, I think that it's it's a great time to be in a band in Tulsa. It's a great time to be a fan of music in Tulsa mm-hmm. because the scene is so varied. Like any genre of music that you enjoy, there's five six bands. In in this one town that play that kind of music, mm-hmm. and there's enough of them where there's more good bands than bad bands. Now, don't get me wrong; there's a lot of really shitty bands in town too, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to mention any of those bands because I've <laughs> spent my <laughs> built this version of me that doesn't publicly trash other <laughs> bands. I want to be supportive of musicians, but well, maybe off mic later. Maybe, okay. maybe we'll All see. Right. We'll see. <laughs> but it, you know, it's 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 I I knew from watching all these bands that I wanted to be an a active part participant. It. Yeah. And so it's been That's awesome, it's man. It's been awesome. Yeah, what's I, uh what's this EP going to be called? Uh Small Hours. Small Hours. Yeah, it's Is about, that a call to anything personal? About the uh 
those kind of formative times when you stay up way too late with groups of friends or with a, a lover or whatever it is, and, mm-hmm. you know, especially in your 20s, that's where you have those memories that you'll never forget or never remember you know, one way <laughs> or the other. But it's like a lot of this, this EP is just about like f- trying to figure out what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and how I would imagine how messy it can be. Yeah, this, this EP is a lot cleaner than the next one's going to be. It's more of an introduction to Cliff Diver. Where okay. It's kind of more upbeat and more positive for the mm-hmm. most part than some of the stuff we're working on. But we're trying to do it in an arc where it's like this is about a relationship and the next one's about the loss of relationship. And then from then on out, it's going to be about how to deal with your demons in a way that is constructive sure. as opposed to destructive. Yeah, yeah. The self-destructive tendencies are my, my forte. <laughs> you know, this is the first long stretch of my life where I haven't completely derailed myself. Hey. And and like that's kind of that positive growth we yeah, were talking about. Man. So, um That's good. You know, it's 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 great. I'm this EP's coming out in October, October 6th. We're cool. having a big EP party at the Vanguard and uh, we should have a single out in the next week or two. Ooh. Um, it's called You Sir or obviously not a golfer. It's kind of a callback to Big Lebowski. Yeah, and, yeah. Um <laughs> What is this? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, it's the first time like I've really put myself into something musically. Because uh-huh. you know, I used to write songs and record them all, but they were always shitty because I didn't believe in myself. Right. And this is the first time where it's been like, okay, here's what I have. So and I'm proud of it. I'm Let's gonna put, put it, it out there. there, and uh, you know, like even some of the rough tracks we've heard before, they're edited and and molded and and really produced. They, they get me real excited and so yeah. it's, it's like something that's like it's actually pretty good for the first time in my whenever life whenever you just have like the raw sounds in there and you like it like you know you're set up for some good right, shit right when you can man. hear just the raw tracks and you're like okay this could be really good like if you're if you all finish your parts for the first time and you would put that out as a demo right you're sitting in a good spot right for sure and that's how it feels right now it's like I can't wait for myself to even hear the final product. Like, what's it going to sound like? Like, how good could I really sound as a vocalist when a paid professional is done messing with Yeah, it? yeah. That's what we're going, that's what we're doing Super Normal right now. I just can't, right now we're like nailing down drum kits and stuff. Right. And I'm just so excited to play it start to finish and just hear the whole product. And and, and making everyone I know listen to it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, constantly being like, oh, give me the aux chord. Yeah. Yeah, can like, I play Are you, you playing something? your band again? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. Or just to see it on Spotify, you know, see, see yeah. that picture on Spotify oh. and be like, here it is. It's such and a gratifying thing. That's kind of, it goes back to like the idea of legacy of uh, now I'll have something that my son can always listen to. Something immortal. For forever. And yeah. that I've left my mark one way or the other mm-hmm. in this purified form uh, to be listened to forever. In yeah. theory, in theory, if you know, if society doesn't collapse, which I think it might one day, because uh, we're all crazy, um, and you know, we keep getting more and more divided and divisive. Because get your son a lockbox. Make sure you have sure. physical copies. I just, it's, it's just such an interesting idea that, like, in theory, my great grandson can listen to the CP of me. Crying about, you know, a girl leaving me or something like that. Like, there's always going to be this thing that's mine now. Yeah. 
and and that's really powerful and i'm i'm just i'm really excited about it well I'm one way or the other to it man yeah. i can't wait hopefully i get to see you guys this weekend uh, but I'll definitely be there in October for the release. It's, it's going to be fun. And we're playing first on on Friday. So, you know, you can still have a night. Okay. And come and then go do something else. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, no. No, we want to stay for, for all the bands. Yeah, all the bands are great. So, yeah, definitely be those people. <laughs> and that's why, like, you know, I sometimes it's really frustrating when you're playing shows and everyone comes to see one band and then leaves. And so yeah. you're all excited because you're looking at the crowd and you're like, dude, it's pretty packed. And then that band finishes and then there's like six people left. <laughs> and you're like, hmm. Well, at least I'll get to play for my colleagues. <clears throat> We've gotten really lucky. We're we haven't played for the most part like a an empty show yet. And That's I know awesome. it's it's gonna happen one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, the closest we got was a colony show where there wasn't a lot of people there, but we took that as an excuse to like play louder and, and faster. And, yeah, and yeah. Just really fuck, fuck around, around a little with bit. it. Yeah, definitely. Because we didn't have our saxophone players, so it was all kind of like this more pop punky sound to it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit less melodic for sure for sure <laughs> and you know we're really working on trying to be tighter and be more concise and more yeah. just like Focused. technical mm -hmm. and that's going to come with time and you know more we'll chemistry we'll more see what happens yeah. I and mean, we're definitely better friends now I spend most more time with them than almost anyone yeah. um, even just practicing once once a week like we've become really good friends and that makes for good records <clears throat> and I'm really I'm really uh excited to show people this side of me that I used to not, mm -hmm. you know, and ever since I started this, I started, you know, recording music and putting it on Facebook, even just like little piano songs. And, uh, I did a say anything cover and posted it today. Cause I, just, I watched a piece of it before you pulled up. It sounds good, I'm man. I'm pretty excited about it, but it's just like being confident in myself in a way that, uh, I still lack, uh, physical, physical confidence. Cause <laughs> you know, um, I'm a, a, a very across the board average man and I'm okay with that in all <laughs> aspects. Like I'm not hot. Well, I'm not ugly. And, you know, I'm not like obese, but I'm not skinny. I'm just like this, <laughs> this really like across the board average person. And so it's, it's exciting. You and I, we, we ride the line, Joey. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Like if, if I took care of myself any less, it would be terrible. And if I did a little more, then it'd be great. But I'm, I'm just kind of like, kind of like right there. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly, perfectly normal as right. I see it. And I embrace that instead of being ashamed of it now, I guess. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Hey, what the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah, it goes back to like, I'm just going to do the best I can with what I have. And uh, it's good enough for me. So that's all I can do. Okay, so we can find The Sound of Tulsa on SoundCloud. Yes. Uh, is it anywhere else? Just you can, SoundCloud? Uh, yeah, just on SoundCloud. You can. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can go okay. like it. Uh, Cliff Diver has a Facebook page and an Instagram. Now, is Cliff Diver on Facebook spelled out Cliff Diver? Yes. Okay, because I've seen some posters where you guys are doing an interesting this thing. This little the, slash thing. The backslash. Yeah. Any reason it's a backslash and not a forward slash? Is there symbolism there? We've had the argument in the band, which which looks better, and um, I think the backslash looks better. I just thought maybe I know. wanted it to be a forward slash, like it's someone diving, oh. like jumping out, but they said it's the same thing, jumping from the top of the letter down, the top of the uh, D. Yeah, you would go out, wouldn't you? Yeah, so. I guess that's the symbolism. Mm. Plus, it, like we want it to be on posters like that, so it's like, oh, what's that? That's weird. It caught my eye. Right. It did. It did the job. But yeah. if we're gonna search you up on Facebook, it's D I V E R. Yeah, just Cliff Diver, one word. Okay. Um, like us, we should have music out soon, so you can have some idea. 
Sweet. What we sound like and um, hear and- how this story of sadness and brokenness comes into one of uh, hope and, and, and faith in the future musically. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to try to get this out in time to where we're going to go ahead and plug, what is that, Friday the 31st yeah, Modern at Vanguard? Myth. At Vi- Vanguard? Mm-hmm. Modern Myth CP release. Okay. And then if not, then I think our, I don't think we're playing any in September to try and get everyone out. October 6th at the Vanguard, five bands. Uh, it's going to be a party. So. I'm stoked for that show. We're, we'll definitely be if, there. And, you know, if you're friends with me on Facebook, then you're going to get a ton of uh, posts about it. A ton of it. Because we're going to push it real hard. Good. We want to have a ton of people there and it just be a stupid fun party. Hell that's, yeah. That's the whole idea. And just have people celebrate with us uh, this music. And hopefully people will relate to it and and find some joy in it like we do. So Good. Well, thank you for coming. It was a I want to uh, I wanna get the band in here eventually. For sure. I want you guys to come back. We can do a little acoustic set or something. Yes, please. We're into it. All right. For sure. Thanks, man. Thank you.